0: Welcome back to NLP's Young Professionals Network podcast, Growing in the Green Industry. Your hosts of today's episode include myself, Miles Caparis, and Neil Glatt, Luke Melangrano, and Brett Lemke. How's it going today, guys? Wonderful.
1: Doing well? Doing well, Miles. How are you?
0: I am great. A little rainy today here in DC. Fall. That's nice. It's good. It's been a really good week, actually. Really productive. So that's always a good feeling getting stuff done, knocked down. It's great. Um, Cool. So uh, who wants to introduce our guest today?
2: I'd be happy to. Nice. So Neil Bales is the president and COO of Land Patterns, a landscape architectural and contracting maintenance firm in Dallas, Texas. Neil was recognized recently as the NALP Young Entrepreneur of the Year. He has been working in landscaping since graduating from Texas Tech University 16 years ago. Neil is married to Olivia and has three kids. Davis, who's nine, Caroline, who's eight, and Claire, who is five. His hobbies include fly fishing, bird hunting, golfing, and traveling with friends and family. And he's an active member of his church. Anything I missed, Neil? No, I don't think so. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And we it's know a little I... confusing because
3: Yeah, I'm Neil. Neil. Right, yeah, Neil, you wanted to introduce him because you're Neil. It's just a bonding moment. This is this is going to be an interesting episode today with two Neils on here. (laughs) Did either of you have a nickname while you were growing up that we can use and embarrass you with on this podcast?
4: Uh, I I was called Nacho growing up. All
1: right, perfect. (laughs) We have Nacho joining us today. (laughs)
4: There you go. (laughs) My 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 brothers will be very happy about that. So
0: I haven't had lunch yet. Now I'm getting hungry. You're a better
2: man than I. If I were on a podcast as a guest and within two minutes they started calling me Nacho, I'd be like, hey, thanks, but no thanks. Come <laughs> <I'm> out. <laughs> to,
3: to, to, to realize with a nickname Nacho, you could still run and lead a company. I mean, that's really, it's good aspirations, right? It's, you can go For a lot sure. of places. For sure. That's right.
4: That's, that's how you uh, make it in this world. If you start out on the lower level like Nacho, <laughs> only way to go is up. well i am i am curious to hear a little bit
2: about moving up because you spent 16 years in the industry and joined a company and now are the the president and coo so can you kind of explain that journey because i think it's a little unique in our industry
4: yeah i appreciate that i i my uh i'm the youngest of three boys and uh one of my older brothers uh was uh, a landscape architecture grad from Texas tech. And, um, uh, when I went to tech, he was in his fifth year at landscape architecture and I was a freshman. um uh, my brothers and I have all been very close. And when he got out, he worked for a couple of companies and then started his own. And, um, I went to school to be a game warden. Actually, my major is in wildlife management. And, um, I had a couple of, uh, I guess you would call it run-ins with game wardens while I was in college that uh, kind of turned me off and realized that uh, that wasn't something I wanted to do. But I loved the major. And uh, so my brother and I were talking and he was already out and in the business and had his own at the time and said, pick up a minor in Holder culture and let's work together. Uh, it's out outside, outdoors. We'll have a great time together. I said, okay, great. and uh, Went about doing that and uh, when I got out of college, uh, his company was not big enough to sustain me. So I worked for a small company in McKinney, Texas for a year. Uh, and the owner of that company, I ran the maintenance department for him, uh, and their enhancement and chemical division. Uh, it was about a million dollars the year I, I was there. I think we did a million, million one, something like that. Um, but that owner was awesome. She introduced me to what is now NLAP at the time. It was AlCA. Uh, took me to um, New York. The the conference that year was in uh, Newark, New Jersey, uh, across the uh, bay there. And um, it was a great learning experience. She was always uh, a fantastic tutor. Andy Bechtold always open with the books and everything and, and really helped me develop in my early stages of my career. And uh, at the end of that year, she had sold the company. And so I was extremely pleased for her and new ownership came in. And Uh, new ownership and I just had a different path for uh, where where we saw my career going. And my brother had merged his company with a bigger company in Dallas and uh, went over as a part owner and the general manager. And so he brought me on as a sales manager. And uh, through that process, working together for about four and a half years um, and nearly divorcing his family members uh, quite often throughout that time frame, he got called into ministry and got out and became a pastor full time. And is a pastor at Prestonwood Baptist church here in uh, Dallas, Texas. And so when he got out uh, myself and a counterpart kind of moved up and I ran more of the sales and marketing side of the business, kind of the general managing aspect. And uh, my partner at the time ran more of the operational side of the business uh, and the crews and the the day-to-day ground scheme. And uh, I did that for eight and a half years and uh or eight years and um with the goal and intention that uh this other gentleman and i ross Middleset and i would buy that business and so in 2016 we set out on that process and um were unsuccessful in uh negotiating a, a price we could all agree on and so we kind of shelved it at the end of 2016 uh and then uh tried again in 2017 uh, with the owner um saying that this is what he still wanted and what we wanted. And so we tried it again. And then in June of 17, it just kind of fell apart again. We just couldn't arrive to um, the same numbers uh, negotiating. And so it fell apart. And I was there from June 17. uh, And then in July or sorry, December of uh, 17, uh, the owner came in and told me that he had sold it to somebody else and that I'd meet him in 20 minutes and, so I, I kind of quickly realized that um, my uh, exit needed to be uh, fairly soon. And so by God's grace and provision, uh, I had kind of been looking and, and putting my feelers out within the industry and uh, talking to people that I knew. And so I got introduced to Mark Funderburk, the original owner and founder of Land Patterns, where I'm at now. And he was 67 at the time and uh, kind of looking for his exit strategy over the next few years. And so uh, we worked out a deal where I came over here to, you know, head up all the operations and some sales and bring my expertise over here uh, and earn some sweat equity into the deal. And then at the end of three years, uh, buy the remaining amount. And so we just uh, closed that out this last summer. And uh, I became the full owner of land Patterns. Mark is still here mentoring me and 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 helping me along the way, and, and helping heading up some of our sales and things like that, and client relationships, and and so that's how I ended up at Land Patterns, and how I ended up in this position. I knew a long time ago that I had that entrepreneurial spirit and uh, wanted to own my own business. And uh, through being in this industry, kind of stumbling my way into it with my family, I found a passion for it. I love it. Uh, I love what I get to do every day, and uh, enjoy all the different people I get to meet and be around and, and ultimately I love getting to see, uh, exteriors transformed. It's a lot of fun. Um, at least on the days that you're not getting yelled at, uh, you know, or, or, or some kind of dumpster fires not going on, but all in all it's, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And, and it's been a challenge and a great opportunity for my family and I. And so we're here and I'm kind of now leading this ship and, uh, looking to grow land patterns, uh, for the next 20,
2: 30 years. That's a great story um, with so many kind of twists and turns. Right. And um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of young professionals who probably resonate with different places of where you were out throughout your career, but I don't think as many ever consider taking over a company for, for an owner or like being a part of that exit strategy. Right. And I feel like it's a missed opportunity on both sides because when you sell it to an outside owner, sometimes you're not sure what's going to happen. Right. Um, And, and it can go well, but can also go poorly, but there's a lot of people within an organization who maybe didn't consider themselves being in a position to actually buy a business, but can actually strike up a deal. Was that, um, was that the conversation with Mark from day one for you?
4: It was, I mean, I, when I came in and interviewed, I um, certainly didn't hide my intentions of, uh, and we knew of each other through the industry. Uh, We had never really formally met, but uh, he knew of my previous organization and uh, I knew of land patterns. And, and so, um, uh, you know, from the get go, I I expressed my interest and I, uh, all along as I was interviewing with other companies, I, you know, relayed my story of trying to buy a previous business and, that ultimately my goal was to either be an owner or have some portion of ownership, uh, to drive towards that. I, I, certainly didn't expect to come in, uh, and, and be given that day one, uh, a testament to, to Mark's character and who he was, he saw some value in, in what he was wanting to do. And so he was willing to give up, uh, some equity day one where I earned equity really starting from day one uh not even without having been here six months or a year and so um and, and to that i mean it's worked out well for he and i uh we have a great relationship he's um like a father to me uh to be honest uh, especially uh in absence of uh, my father passed away several years ago and so mark has really served as a great father mentor role and um you know, I, I constantly am pulling him into my office and saying, hey, in fact, I pulled him in the other day and just said, hey, I'm I'm pretty frustrated and upset about some things and feel like I'm going to uh, lose um, my, my temper a little bit. And I know that that's not the right thing to do. And what did you do when you found yourself in this position 20 years ago and, uh, and so on and so forth? And so it, it's been really good to help have a sounding board like him that helps temper me, helps. Uh, balanced me well. Uh, I, I've learned a tremendous amount from him and how he interacts with clients to people and personnel that work here. Um, I, I've had guys that came over from my previous organizations to hear with me and uh, they'll tell me quite often that I'm a different guy here than I was there. So um, uh, in a good way. Uh, so um, Mark has been the, the great attributed to that for me yeah that's it's
1: just a it's a reoccurring theme we constantly have on this podcast of the importance of mentorship and uh, being able to lean on people to uh, learn from grow from you know get better uh, try and prevent some of those same mistakes that they made Um, have you had anybody else that you've uh, you know turn to during this time and as you've been transitioning to the owner any other sort of mentorship uh, people you've leaned on uh, and trusted with?
4: Yeah I've had uh, a handful like I said early on Andy told that Longhorn Landscape Creations was a tremendous mentor to me just because I was a young punk out of college and didn't know you know uh, my right hand from my left hand especially with regards to business and landscaping like I thought I did Um, she taught me numbers, taught me how to manage the numbers, how to value numbers, what that looked like. And then, um, when I moved over to Lawrence and took over kind of running that operation at that previous organization, I actually hired the harvest group and Bill Arman, um, who's, uh, kind of a known commodity in the landscape industry. And Bill was a tremendous, um, you know, mentor for me. I mean, the first time Bill and I spoke, he asked me what my gross margin was or gross profit. And I said, spell gross and spell profit. You know, I can tell you what it is at the end of the day, and it's not a good number. And he came in and over a a four or five year period, uh, I really learned a lot from him on um, managing even further to numbers. And I get that everybody views them differently. And I've even changed some of my number management strategies over time but it was a great sounding board and, and place to start and then um both of my older brothers one of them is a uh, a wealth manager financial planner and uh extremely wise in his counsel and so he's been really good and and just tempering me and helping me see bigger pictures uh and then my other brother who's a pastor who was came from the business world came from the landscaping industry specifically as an owner. Um, he's taught me, you know, how to care and love for people well, um, and, and how to see, um, how to honor God and, and work and, and what that looks like and and how to put Christ first and foremost. And, uh, and again, love people really well. And so, um, they've all been really good mentors. And then as I've gotten here, like I said, Mark, and then he's a part of a CEO group and, uh, a member in that she consults with us on some of our it and kind of, oversees our EOS operating system. And um, she's been a really good sounding board and mentor. So I've had, you know, five to seven that have been really key over time.
3: Uh, and they've had uh impact at different parts, it seems like, right? And so they've seemed to have just sort of brought you to this point. I think what Luke was saying, and when you needed that gross margin conversation, you knew that right versus let's talk about ownership. And so it seems that that mentorship has grown along with you, uh, and the level of conversation deepens and gets more exciting. And I, I, I'm, I'm just excited for you um, and impressed that all along the way, you've had, it seemed like the right mentors at the right time. And it may be sought out, uh, maybe just a little more fate involved in that. But um, it's, it's led you to this path. And, and, and knowing you for a, a little while, just knowing that this was always your goal is to find a path towards an ownership and just take a responsibility of a company. Um, that's it's it's uh, it's good to have that kind of um, sort of cushion uh, through mentorship and but and so what uh, so then what's now on your radar? I mean, if with you have the network of people to, to think about, but what uh, are things keeping you up at night? What uh, what's the focus these days?
4: Well, you know uh, that's a great question, and, and this podcast comes really at a, a an interesting time. I actually yesterday. Um, there's lots of things that can keep me up at night. I've got three kids that y'all heard that are nine, uh, 10 in a couple of weeks, eight and five. And, and they'll oftentimes if they have their way, keep me up at night. Um, but other than the, those side distractions, what really helps and, and, and sometimes that gets me thinking is one, just making sure. And, and again, I'll go back to these people that have been formidable in my life and that I've been blessed to have around me caring for the people inside this organization and not just caring for myself. Um, It's really important to me personally, um, how I lead an organization, hopefully with Christ as the center of it and and, uh, project the the grace and mercy that Christ has given me uh, throughout my life uh, into both this organization and our community uh, so that people can grow within here, within land patterns as well as out on their own personally. Um, but yesterday, I actually had a meeting uh, with a manufacturer that I'm excited about. I'm about to start getting into some autonomous mowing um, and, and some uh, hopeful growth strategies through that. I'm, I'm looking at expanding already uh, into some other markets, possibly if, if, if the right things fall into place. But whether I expand into other markets or not, uh, through some existing clientele, uh, I really think that one of the struggles of our industry as a whole is technology. Um, As I tell people, I play in the dirt for a living. And so I just think as an, as a whole, our industry is a little bit behind technology wise, oftentimes, and we're um, playing a little more catch up. Um, And I'd like to change that. I I at least want to be cognizant on trying to lead at the forefront of that. And I think that the next big, technological piece that's already existing and I know there are plenty of companies that do it but looking to really help research and develop what that autonomous mowing looks like not just be the recipient of an autonomous mower and using it but really help um, the manufacturers see the the how it works on the ground and how it makes sense from a business perspective for um, my business as well as our industry as a whole uh, and so I'm getting ready to, um, after the first the year, kick that off and, and, and bring that into a couple of sites and, and work with, uh, a manufacturer on helping them understand, um, the value and need for, for our company, but our industry as a whole and, and what that looks like and hopefully to improve it. Um, but be on the forefront uh, of that leading technology. Cause again, I think that laborers, as we all know, such a hard issue for our industry and really service industry as a whole. Um, and I know that in this political climate, we could all argue and defend different points. It really doesn't matter politically who it is in office or not in office. I mean, labor is an issue and it was an issue when there was a Democrat in, in office. There was, it was an issue when Republicans were in office and when Democrats were in office before that and vice versa. I mean, labor has been an issue and it's going to continue to be. And so, we got to be willing to think how do we solve that labor issue? And I think autonomous mowing is going to be a key integral part of that for, uh, the growth of our industry.
3: So I want to go back. You mentioned, um, uh, your faith and and it's brought it up a few times within, uh, how much of that is part of your company? Is it just something that leads you? Is it, uh, part of your culture as deeper. And, and I'll, I'll preface it with the, I've met a company um, a couple of years ago that joined our a peer group for a short period of time. And, uh, and it was integrating their entire company. Uh, they worked to pr- provide profit towards, uh, towards missions towards uh, you know, the right causes uh, they allowed uh, you know, team members to go on mission. They, they, they really made it a, a reason to join and, and they had I think just brought that their faith pretty deep. And it was a company-wide thing. Is that something that just leads you or is it something that you're having throughout the organization?
4: Well, it's something that, um, for me, it's important that what I am known to stand for, um, that I'm saved by the grace of Jesus Christ and the blood of Christ on the cross. And, uh, that's important that, uh, I'm known within my organization, within my clients, um, that that's what, uh, my, my, um, Founding cornerstone is, uh, and then as far as within the company, I, I certainly don't make apologies about it, and um, I certainly um, speak to it and and allude uh, to all my personnel and staff uh, that that's key for me and key for our organization. But I never want to browbeat anybody with uh, my faith. I, I want them to hopefully see an attraction to it through the actions that they see of me, the leadership the the grace the forgiveness the the um, uh, ability to hold people uh righteously accountable um for the things that they're responsible for as well as myself being held accountable righteously for the things that i'm responsible for and then as far as playing it out into the community um we try and be an organization that um gives and donates to different charitable organizations um both um my church, other churches, as well as, um, community events, um, that are more faith-based, uh, um, and, and, uh, support faith-based missions and things like that. Um, but I I tell people, if you're passionate about anything, you you can bring it to me and I'll, I'll be the first to review it and understand your passion. And if it's something that I think aligns with what our core values are, which are respect, passion, and, uh, innovation, then I'm happy for our organization as a whole to participate in those things. Uh, and so, um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly passionate about my faith, but I want to respect anybody and everybody within our organization and how they view their faith. Um, and and then, you know, if, if they can come to me and passionately um, explain or, or show me why they're passionate about it or why they respect it. I'm happy to entertain it. And whether it's faith-based or non-faith-based, I'm happy for us to participate in it. If it speaks more towards our core values. Um, and then hopefully as far as my faith, people just see that coming out through me and my leadership.
3: Yeah. And I, and I, I think it's all on the right path and, and be it through individuals and how they carry themselves, just that level of commitment through faith or through just people, it all has that right positive direction. It was, um, it was f- fun to learn and, and work with uh, this company uh, that is doing really, really well and has driven uh, with that a very clear mission around uh, their faith. And and it was an attracting piece from a recruiting standpoint. It, it had a lot of values there. And so um, it, it, I think it's what brings like kind of people together uh what brings you know when you get to work with those that believe in the same things you believe hard work ethic faith just in, in respect it's it makes it that much easier it's when we have those opposing factors that things just don't work long term and and a piece so it's a you know i i appreciate you sharing that and and giving perspective and and i've seen it from you know the outside but you can go all the way through an organization and you could keep at the top too
4: or and uh and has really good value yeah i mean um a specific example i can give um to how i recently have done it uh a few months ago we had an employee that just over several times just wasn't working out field staff field labor and and, um kind of came here to hopefully grow within and um they just weren't the right fit. And we kept running into problems with this individual and and other team members on their crew. And uh, we moved around and made accommodations and, you know, just overall, you you just know when those people are not a right fit. And so it just came down to it and it was time to release this individual. And so called them into my office with the other people around and uh, that were pertinent to them. And, and um, at the time, I was a little more hands-on with uh, our, our field staff. And so, I said, you know, let me be the one to do the releasing, and so I, I just flat told him that and just said, look, this is not. Um, we've had some documented instances of um, things that don't fit to our core values and, and go against um, what we require through our employee handbook and things like that, and um, this is not a good fit, and we're going to have to release you and let you go. Um, and then through that conversation, he was very understanding and and he got it. And but through that conversation, this individual uh, spoke to some depression and some struggle and, and, and I, I then got to take a moment and just pause everything and just say, you know, this doesn't change what our decision is, but I want you to understand this is not who I am and who we want to be. And here's what I, you know, believe. And here's what I see, um, would be a benefit to you. And I got to openly share within the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and, and I encouraged him and told him, hey, walk away with this. Come back. I'm happy to talk further. However, I can help you, plug you in. Um, and if you decide to do nothing with it, that's OK. But it was an opportunity where I saw where I could pause the business side of things because that's business. And I had to take care of that, but hopefully care for the individual on a personal level and, and, and sharing with him and explaining to him how Christ has cared for me. Uh, and loves me. And and that that's Christ's goal for him too, and and desire for him. So it was a way where faith interacted within my um, company and where I would do it again in a heartbeat. And some might say that can, you know, leave you exposed at different times. And I'm okay with that exposure.
3: I agree. I think that that empathy and that relating, that relating at a different level, and, and it was it, I get the impression it wasn't about job titles at that point. That was just a different kind of conversation. And moreover that we have those is through when we develop our people. Um, it's to, you know, we talk to the managers is to understand circumstances and situations and, and take the the, the assumptions out of a lot of things uh, and, and, and sort of connect. And when you connect, you, you know, and maybe, you know, reflections of connecting with that person sooner, uh, may have had that person have more success with an organization, you know, and no one ever knows when or how these things come together, but um, it, you know, the person didn't show up for the last three days, I'm going to fire them. And, and and yeah, you know, I mean, that is an excusable reason, but why? And, and what, and what well, that person was great up until this point, well then understand and think through what's happening uh, could save a really good person and, and it could make them, very loyal to someone that cares rather than just another person not giving me the chance uh, off. I go a responsibility. I think we have as managers and leadership and ownership to say uh, that we're, it's a lot more about people. It's not employees. It's, it's the people.
4: Absolutely. And I think you said it best. It's, it's not just about owners doing this. You got to do it as a manager. You got to, and, and for anybody listening, I, I would say, the, the key for me early on in my career, and again, what I was taught early on, is you got to take ownership of what you're being asked to be, be responsible for. And, and those around you that you're being responsible for, whether it's one people, whether it's just yourself, or whether it's a thousand employees, you, you got to own that responsibility and care for them, like you said, Brett, is, is people.
3: not easy, right? And especially in the moments of, I've got a job to get done. I I, I think through these things and, it, and I think it is, it, it's expanding the horizon of uh, of our managers to think beyond a task and, uh, and the, the day. And, 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 it, and it's hard and it, it's effort, right? And, but just to know that effort and we talk about labor as a huge challenge. We talk about turnover and what are those moments that could save and develop one person Uh, to start the season next year with the same team is just has tremendous value to a company's bottom line. And so you can tie it all up, but it just takes requires that human act of kindness first uh, to move it along.
0: That's pretty interesting. Neil, I had a question. You said something there, like where you said, you know, you got to take ownership of what you're being asked for. I think that's a pretty cool um, little tidbit here. Um, What, what when did that click for you that 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 you had to start taking ownership? Because I know in my personal experience I've had like that feeling, like, oh, I get it now what it means to take ownership. Like when did that click for you?
4: Or well, Miles, I'm not I'm not sure it has clicked yet. Oh. Um <laughs> <The whole extent laughs> it needs to, but
0: that's honest. Uh, yeah.
4: you know, uh the truth is, uh again, Andy taught me early on, uh Andy Bechtold that that first uh company I worked for that um you got to be responsible and uh, own up uh, to what you're doing and be held accountable. And um, a really valuable lesson that I learned was uh, she took me early on to that ALCA conference at the time. And, um, you know, uh, one night me and another coworker that she had brought and her had all gone out to dinner. And then um, me and that other coworker and somebody else that we had met there, you know, stayed out and, uh, we're out later, hanging out, and it's New York City. I'd never been in my life, and so I was mesmerized by New York City. And um, just this small-time Texas boy, and um, and and so when we came in the next morning, uh, I overslept the the seven or eight a.m. meeting that she had signed us up for, and she didn't say anything. I made it. My coworker overslept the entire morning meetings, but I, I made it late and made it to the second meeting and. So on and so forth. We went out for lunch that afternoon, hung out that afternoon, so on and so forth. And it wasn't until we got back into uh, town in and, and the following week that she sat me down and just said, hey, I, I want to make you aware I'm disappointed. Uh, she said, you know, I, I brought you on this with the responsibility that I have an expectation. I don't care what you do. Go have fun. I wanted you to have fun. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the city. I was glad that you had never experienced it. We got to have some cool moments but there is a responsibility to, to what you're being asked to do and how I'm asking you to participate while you're here. And um, in that moment, you know, I got this pit in my stomach and, and just thought, oh, man, yes, this, this costs dollars. This, this costs time, energy. And she wasn't doing it so that I would necessarily better the company. She was doing it so that the industry would better me knowing long-term that that would better the company Um, but she did it to to see me become better and and so at that moment I realized within landscaping uh, you know I I am responsible for the things that I'm being tasked with and asked and whether that's showing up to meetings whether it's um, holding other managers accountable or, or departments accountable or whether it's leading a larger organization and, um, taking ownership of why we are not making, you know, the profit that we set out to make. And, and so I, I, I learned it early on. That was probably a really specific time that I kind of had a eye-opening experience. Like, Oh, I do have a responsibility to what is being asked of me and inside of work and in my career. Um, so it was a great lesson and she was very gracious in, in how she told me she explained her disappointment. I fully understood it. Um, but, you know, I, I got that it, it was an investment and she was investing in me as an employee in person and I needed to own that responsibility and, and take control of it. And it, it wasn't just for the company's benefit. It was for mine too.
0: Yeah, that's uh, yeah, I mean, I think that specific example. I mean, I know I've I've had that same pit in my stomach. I know what that conversation looks like and feels like. <laughs> um
3: we've all been there yeah we've yeah, all think, been there. yeah
0: yeah and, and it's like i just like when you said it i was like oh gosh i can like i know what that and, feels and like they, for some reason
3: <laughs> i'll hover around that event i don't know why
4: yeah. <laughs> it's,
0: it's, like we're
1: gonna have to learn that one lesson I was gonna, yeah, I
4: was gonna say
0: that it's all event.
1: it's all yeah. all landscapes related
4: yeah, <laughs> it is all landscapes related right
2: i think it goes further than that though too not not just responsibility for what's being asked of you but responsibility for how you're acting in a situation, right? Like maybe, I don't know, certainly professionally, definitely personally. Um, you know, when I've been in situations, it's like, I was taught by mentors in college. Um, so fortunate to get to know these older guys. And and over the period of a few years, they taught me in any single situation, you have to make the decision how you're going to act. Is what you're gonna how you're gonna act gonna make the situation better or is it gonna make it worse? And when I'm coaching people, uh when I'm managing sales teams, like whatever it is, that inevitably something comes up and it's like, well, here's why this happened, here's here's the situation, you know, they decided this, you know, they didn't give me that. And for me, it's like, what did you do? Right? Like, what where was your being proactive? Where was your responsibility? Because stuff happens, right? Like there's so much that's out of your control and I don't expect anybody I managed to ever be accountable for any of that. Right. Um, but I'm always going to expect them to be accountable for what did you do or not do that led to the situation. And once you start to realize like it's never fair, but it's always your choice, then you can actually go out and make something of your life and your career.
4: Yeah. And I I think what's important to that too, Neil, that I would add is that I I, I think it's crucial. I I tell people all the time, if you're going to come to me with a problem, okay, that's great. We all have them, but you better come with a solution. Like how are you owning that problem? Don't just come ready for me to help solve the problem or to tell you how to solve the problem, because that's not going to benefit me, you, the organization, but come and I, I, I may reject your ideas to half court and tell you that it's the worst thing I've ever heard, but I'll appreciate that. At least you were thoughtful enough to think through what the problem looks like, how we got there, what the solutions are, and and take that responsibility as you talked about, Neil.
3: I think that's essential. Uh, And I think we're all in those roles where uh, that door, you know, is open of course, always, but then it's not to just leave something at the, at our, at our foot and say, here, can you, can you handle this and take care of that? And it is something that I, I've got to get better. always think about how to get better coaching my team through those, those that consideration and conversations. And sometimes it's, I've never experienced this before. What is your perspective? But it's still, even in that tone, it is, well, just try. I mean, throw out the idea and, uh, and let's start a conversation, but uh, you know, the effort can't be from, you know, and I'm spending a lot of time lately thinking about how to move the team into these next levels of our organization, into the next level of thought. And if it starts with me, well, here's what I want you to do. Then I recognize I'm, I'm, I'm way far behind. Uh, I'm not. That wasn't the starting, we shouldn't be at that level of it. it should be, here's what I thought, here's what I'd like to do. What do you think? It's like, those are the one, the conversations I enjoy the most.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's, a, that's a great nugget right there. And a takeaway too, for like anyone who's like early on in their career or like learning these lessons is that the faster that you understand that what you say or how you act actually matters, because that was something I'd, I never really grasped, at least for me. Like coming out of college, I was like, oh yeah, I mean, this is what you do. And I would kind of be carefree coming out of college, right? Like I'm applying what I've learned and like, this is what you should do. But like, I never presented it in a way that was empathetic to people's circumstances or I never, but I I would say something off the cuff without recognizing like what I'm actually saying, you know, and my, like when I was talking for my dad, right. It was like, well, here, Miles, I need you to do this. And like, I would say, okay. And then I put it off to the side, right. And do something else. And like that that never really clicked for me early on until like, you know, you had that pit in the stomach moment. You're like, Oh, Oh yeah. <laughs> but that's just like, it's something to be cognizant of, like in your day to day, like, are you pushing things to the side that you, people are being asked for? They're asking we, you to do, or like, you know what I'm saying? So,
3: well, we, we, we share these values. We put these values up on the wall and we spent a lot of time trying to produce those. We've now re- Now we're spending a lot of time with the behaviors that support those values and teaching those behaviors. And when you say, you know, I'm proactive problem solver, everybody would think they know what that is, but then it's just the, I guess the life path that they've chosen, the perspectives that how they would approach something like that. Uh, You know, and and so then we're we're defining that as, as a culture of RM landscape. This is how you would be a proactive problem solver. And that may be conversely different than how they've been through life or the other organizations but it's, uh, it's tying that all up. Cause sometimes I think, well, aren't these people just, isn't our team supposed to just be that way? Aren't you supposed to innately hire that person, but it has it's all learned. It's still a behavior, but it's all learned. And it's unique to learning to maybe our way. Um, and, and and ultimately say, well, why your way? Well, this is the success for you to grow. If you think this is the organization to be a part of, then these are the paths that we want you to take. And so we're, we're spending a lot of time. We have 12 behaviors that we want to spend a lot of time and repeatedly talking with the team about. And again, some of them are just like, well, of course be respectful. Sure. But what does that mean? Uh, Give me a story. Tell me an example. Let's do an exercise. And because you're only respectful when it's convenient rather than even in that situation, still be respectful. Right. And so, and I like what Neil uh, said about the idea of, you have to prepare how you're going to react in all these situations, prepare how you want to respond. And, and, uh, and if you took a minute to just think, right, how many times could that have brought you down the the right path a lot faster?
4: Yeah. One of the things, um, for me to that regard is, that's been really awesome here at land patterns is that, um, I've sometimes been called references, a bull in a, china closet uh and um i can go pretty quick which is not not abnormal for an entrepreneur so to speak and and to, to move at a fast speed and go along but oftentimes i've over my career probably mowed through so to uh, uh pardon the pun but um to just run over and 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 go right past others in that process and you know with the attitude of either get on this train because I know where it's going or, or stand out of the way. Um, one of the things that Mark, uh, my, my partner taught me is, Hey, you know, that, that that's great. And there's a time and, and place for that and that desire uh, and that achievement. But there's also a lot to be said about slowing down and understanding the humility and hearing others. And, and again, you can, swing the pendulum too far either way, but it really helped give me a different side and perspective seeing how he managed and um, the way that people fought for him and would run through a wall for him because he was a lot slower to care for him and, and, and walk alongside them and help them um, versus blowing right past them. Um, and so that's, that's been a huge help over the last three years for me.
3: I share that sentiment. I, I, my father and I are probably in the same as you and Mark. Uh, my, my father has created such amazing relationships with people in our company, and he connects with them on a different level that I, you know, I'm envious of. I admire. Uh, I, I can. I and I wonder, like, will I be ever able to repeat that? And it, and I, and I don't think so. But he just, he just has a lot of fun with people, and, he, and and maybe it's because of the point in his time in his company. But I mean, I. And he gets to be a more of a mentor coaching, you know, supporting role, but he's just always had that innate uh, ability to connect and really get people excited. And so, and some days it's, it's like, all right, you can go, I got this covered, just go ahead. But uh, now in those moments, like we had last Friday, our snow rodeo, we did some giveaways and he just had people laughing and excited. And uh, and so, I've got to learn more of that or, and do it my way. Right. It's going to be different. There's no question. It's all going to evolve. But, but the fundamentals of his, his carrying was very
0: clear. It was never a question there. It's awesome. So we're running up against our time. So um, I don't know if you guys have anything else to say, but otherwise we'll go into our Rosen thorn segment.
3: I'll, 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 just tell Neil, uh, well, one congratulations on your award and being recognized as that, uh, entrepreneur there. That's fantastic. And then I, I think you brought up some real good honesty today and shared, you know, the thoughts that go through many owners and leaders heads of, uh, so I, I think this is a wonderful conversation.
0: Thank yeah. you.
4: All. I appreciate y'all having me on.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, thank you for coming on. Um, how, how is that? How was that? What that feel like, by the way? getting the getting the award
4: uh it it felt weird in 2020 to be honest uh literally right when covid happened um i you know i was set the next week to go to clc um the the college landscape contractors um program and then that got canceled and, and so i was bummed out about that i was excited to be there that would have been my first time going to that this year um, so it felt a little different, but I'm very honored by it. Um, uh, I'm super excited to have been given that and, uh, hope to, you know, uh, exemplify it and tell others, um, you know, um, how I got here. Um, and, and the truth is I, I didn't get here because of my own merit. I, I got here because I've been lucky enough to be surrounded by people far better than me. In uh, both mentors and an employees. and um, where I've probably just been um, okay at is putting those people in the right places uh, at the right times around me um, to allow me that success and, and to achieve something like that award.
3: And all you gotta do is just we'll we'll put a good word in for NALP to let you get it uh, accept the award at the was it in Mexico for at Leaders Forum right? So just say, can you just fly me down to Mexico to get that award? absolutely we're trying to get the podcast to do live uh live from mexico next and year, live so. from mexico yeah if we lost hawaii we get we got mexico to look forward to that, so. <laughs> get me to a beach
0: <laughs> yeah drinking pina coladas on the beach podcasting away that's it right. I could, i could i can i could i think of anything more that i would need honestly
3: just for our, our, our listeners to know, we do not drink during this podcast, but it may be some consideration to, uh, you'll, you'll know when. Oh, wait, maybe Luke was drinking right there. I think that was something.
1: <laughs> we may have to move this to a uh, after five o'clock uh, recording session then. There you go. All
3: right, Miles, what's your, what's your rose and thorn this week?
0: All right. Yeah. Neil, are you feeling like the rose and thorn? Neil, uh, I, or Jess, Neil?
3: I'm not. No.
0: Okay. Uh, so essentially, it's like, what's going on? What's going well? What's not going so well? um in our lives right now so the rose is you know the good thing thorns are the things are sticking around so usually we do round we do round robin um so you think go ahead and think of something um so oh yeah i'm kicking off so i i mean the rose this week has been really like productive you know it's just like start off monday monday start off solid, and it's just like every single day has been like a momentum builder just like this culmination of this week that has just been feel good, get stuff done. It's been a, like, you know, it's just like it's one of those extra productive weeks. I feel great. I don't know what it is, but it's just, I, it like no one's really like jiving in on my time. You know, it's just like, I don't know. It's a good feeling. Nice. Yeah. Not too much on the thorn side right now. Um, the rain, the rain is a little disheartening because makes you just trapped inside more and you can't really, do anything inside so you know it is what it is but yeah that's all i got
3: uh i'll kick off with uh uh rose uh after this i pack i take my wife uh up to the wood adirondacks uh, no kids so you Neo know, bayless i am not gonna be woken up by three children uh this weekend which is gonna be a huge huge treat um and uh, and a little time away which has been Uh, something we've been looking forward to, Uh, a little bit of COVID, you know, fear coming back again. I think I said it in the last one too. It's just, it's, we're starting to get New York. I'm in New York and New York is just constantly thinking uh, a little bit more strict. And uh, and so that's becoming very aware. And it makes even conversations uh, like, well, what are we doing for Thanksgiving and all these come up when you would have thought that that's just a no brainer, but uh, I respect uh people's perspective of how to handle you know this pandemic and it's all over the board and I think someone said it well it's, you know you're seeing it even at the even within your own family right and so um so that could be
1: an unfortunate distraction for us lately yeah I'll, I'll uh I'll second that one uh roses for me uh, it's master's week uh, it's one of my favorite weeks of, of professional Amen. golf uh, and that they're able to actually play the masters uh, changes uh, in my life since the past eight weeks or so. And I think I feel probably the best I've felt in a long, long time. So, um, you know, just like health wise and everything. And it's, it's uh, rewarding to kind of see those, those changes and, and all that sort of stuff happening. Um, thorns, uh, Covid again. Uh, I think you know we're all kind of in that boat right now. And uh, the weather here—it's we had such a a great two-week run of nice weather in the 70s, which we don't get at the end of October and into November. And we had a very harsh reality check uh, the past few days with weather in the 30s and 40s. Uh, so winter's knocking on the door and going to be here pretty soon. So, uh, not, not looking forward to that.
2: Well, my roses, uh, I had just a nice quiet week, got to sleep in a little, uh, read a book. I read, um, intangibles, which is all about team chemistry in the context of sports, but it's a phenomenal business book. Um, really nice read that talks about team chemistry and, and the actual science behind it, how you can harness that for better team results. So I'm all geeked out on that. My thorn uh just cruising into Thanksgiving, not because of COVID, but because nobody can figure out what they're doing. And for me, it's like, just decide, you know, do I buy a 14 pound Turkey or a four pound chicken? I don't care. I just don't want to it's back and forth every day. Right. And I know it makes me sound terrible
0: but you buy the 14 pound turkey then you have lunch for the rest of the like whatever just, next year
2: do i make all the dishes or one dish you know just make a decision if we're together we're together if we're not we'll see each other later you know
4: yeah i would say for me uh the rose would be i had a really fun meeting yesterday like i said business-wise with the manufacturer and distributor about bringing in some autonomous mowing into our organization so i'm really excited to see how that works, um, be a part of the hiccups as well as hopefully some of the solutions and, um, hopefully grow our organization, uh, forward in that regard. So it's, that's kind of the geeking out in me that I'm excited about and, um, get excited about. I bent my brother's ear off about it yesterday, telling him all about it, nerding out and ROI this and ROI that. And, you know, he was like, okay, cool. I was just calling to check in and see how it's going uh and then uh thorn uh i would probably just say um you know i i uh am, am trying to locate and find a new office space um uh you know we have about eight or nine months and uh you would think real estate would kind of be hurting but it's clearly not in the dallas fort worth area which is good for business purposes because it means that things need landscaping um it's not so good for trying to purchase or lease Uh, industrial space. And so trying to find the right space is just taking time and sucking energy out and away from um, my business. And I'd like to get it done sooner rather than later so I can focus on other things to help grow the business. But uh, it'll happen uh, just not as fast as I want it to. Well,
0: well, thanks for sharing. Um, And Neil, thanks again for joining. We really, 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 really appreciate you having on Uh, having you on the podcast for sure. Um, Hopefully we'll be able to get together soon in person. We'll see each other at a landscapes conference. We'll be able to continue this conversation in person. Um,
4: Would love to do that. Uh, Maybe I can be a guest at y'all's beach. Um, I'm in for the beach one. Uh, Okay. To to enjoy a cocktail on the beach and be the guest. Call it, call it
0: that manufacturer that you're doing the autonomous mowing. Maybe that you say like, Hey, you know, there's these guys, they run this, they, they work on this podcast with NALP. It's called growing in the green industry. They need sponsorship dollars. They want to go to Mexico because, yeah. I mean, that sounds not like for a pretty podcast. Good
3: it's just a plane ticket. We just need <laughs> yeah, <new> no,
0: <laughs> no, no, and not pina the, coladas. <laughs> maybe maybe you can run it that way, and then as a reward, we'll say like, okay, yeah, Neil, you can uh, come down and be be the, be a special guest. <laughs> Part two. How to how to convince your man? How to convince your <laughs> how to convince things. manufacturers
4: sponsor dollars?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's-
3: <laughs> future podcast, future podcast.
0: <laughs> then you can be the president of NALP. But uh, there you that's go. that's uh, that's how that works. But anyways, uh, I'm digressing. So, thanks again for joining us, and uh, thank you to our listeners. Don't f- uh, feel f- feel free to subscribe, uh leave a review, share with your friends, colleagues, family, and anyone else who would love to listen to our beautiful voices and our guests which are awesome okay well everybody take care have a good rest of your day
3: you too see you guys bye
0: guys